For decades, we've helped Tom's family with parenting, adoption, and what it means to be pro-life. It's just typical of the way Focus on the Family has worked over the years. They just provide very practical, biblically-based things that help people to make the right choice and, and support people in ways that really are necessary. That's why Tom and his wife give monthly, to encourage and equip other families. Focus on the family is out on the front lines of things that you know are necessary in the culture and in, in the community, and we as Christians are called to support God's work in that way. It's just a blessing to us to be a part of it. I'm Jim Daly. I'm inviting you to give monthly so that together we can save even more families. Join our Friends of Focus on the Family team by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family parenting podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. We all know a superwoman. Um, she works eight to five and she keeps the house clean and the meals made and the kids are put to bed and she seems to just kind of do it. No sweat. If that isn't you, though, please know you are not alone. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, head of our parenting department, and Dr. Meg Meeker talks quite a bit about the women who feel like they have to do it all, and on top of that, they want to know everything about their child, and they want to do everything they can to take care of their kids, but the problem is they just can't stay on top of everything, and so there's this nagging feeling that they're failing. Uh, Jim Daly and I talked with Dr. Meeker about how to give yourself permission to slow down a little bit. I know I should be that thermostat in the home, Dr. Meg, but, you know, there's a lot on my plate. I feel like at times I'm 80% of the parenting because my husband's not as involved or what have you. Mm -hmm. I can hear that rattling around in my head. How does a wife and mother um, be content in the job that she's doing? Yeah. One of the things that I encourage mothers to do is write down a list of everything you do. Take a week and write down what did I do today and what did I feel I should do today mm. and then write it down every day and then look at that list and knock the bottom half off of it because that's the stuff you really don't need to be doing. So prioritize. Prioritize. And mothers can't let go of the stuff they feel they should do. Yeah. And here's, I think, where it evolved. You know, feminism came out and women wanted to be as good as men or they wanted to show they were as good as men in all these different things. And we got there. You know, women were this and women were that, and they were professionals. But then we took it a couple steps beyond. We wanted to be super mom. We wanted to be super woman. Do you remember the ad, I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in the oh, pan? Oh, yeah. I can almost sing it for That's you, but it. I won't. <laughs> so women came, and women put this pressure on women. So women came to believe that they needed to be a full-time mom who was the you know Girl Scout troop leader. She was a room mom. She baked organic treats for her kids on their birthday to take to school. She was the one who showed up on enough field trips, but she also held a 40- or 50-hour-a-week job so she could bring home enough money to make herself feel okay because they needed the pool in the backyard because all kids want a pool in the backyard. Wow. Are you with me? Yeah, totally. And I've just gotten started. And this is where mothers live. And my job is to say, let me get in your head. Let me calm you down. Let me say there's a whole lot of stuff you feel you should do and you should read about. 
that you don't need to do, and most of it's driving you crazy. Mothers feel, before they come in to see me, for instance, they need to know all about their child's health before they come see me. They need to know about every immunization they should they give their child, whether they should give your child, what the risks are and what the risks aren't. If their child comes in, mothers feel they need to be experts on their child's health. And that they just need to come in and talk to me and say and I say yes or no. Well that's something I never felt, even as a pediatrician mom. You didn't have to be the perfect No, person. I went in and I said, Here, here's my kid. I can't be my kid's doctor. Do what you need to do. Right. That seems reasonable. But yeah, but then there are mothers that feel they need to know all this stuff. They need to know what bottles to feed their baby, when to take a bottle away, if they should give a bottle. It's overwhelming because mothers read so much. And if I could say anything to mothers out there, stop reading mother stuff on the internet <laughs> that's hard it's, it's like an hard addiction to do but i see my own daughter's parent and they are so wound up my right. one daughter who's very bright very she latches on to something and won't let go and she's in torment about whether the twins can have a bottle till she wants to cut off at two one's on a passy when she, she could take it off i looked at her and said don't worry about it Yes. Let them be a kid. They're not going to kindergarten drinking a bottle. Yeah, but mom, you don't understand. I read this study. I said, honey, I'm a pediatrician. I've been doing this for 30 years. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I think pediatricians are the most practical people. I remember Gene with our number two, Troy. You know, he's potty training a little later than our firstborn, Trent. And I remember going with her to the doctor and the pediatrician said, you know, mom, you don't see a lot of 14-year-olds in diapers. So he'll no, figure it out. Figure Just it let out. him go. And But she was really yeah. wound up about it. Like, this is horrible. This means he's got other deficiencies. He's not going to be able to finish school. He won't be able to play sports. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, exactly. it's just a diaper. Yeah. Uh, but that is true. Well, one of the funny things, I don't know if it's funny or not, but one of the trends I've seen in mothers who have a troubled eight- or nine-year-old boy say, if believe in their minds, if they don't fix it now, he's going to end up in prison when he's 21. They're sure of it. If they don't nip it in the bottom, and I said, he's having temper tantrums. Just don't worry about prison right now. And it's kind of funny, but they feel this responsibility that if they haven't diagnosed everything in their child, from learning disorders to allergies to bedtime issues to pacifiers, bottles, and how they should dress, then that child is going to miss out on life. Right. And I say, you know what? No. You know, God's in charge. If your child is supposed to be playing in the Philharmonic Symphony in Pittsburgh, he'll get there, even if he didn't have you, because it's going to come out of him. If your child's meant to go to the Olympics, it's going to happen. Don't worry. You know, you're not going to make or break your child. So just relax and enjoy him because what your child wants at the beginning and the end of the day is for you to look at him and enjoy his company. Sit down and color with him. Mm. Don't worry about whether she's coloring in the lines and she's six. <laughs> right. Just don't worry about it. And these are good things, but it's tough for moms to do that. I get that. That is probably a very real fear for a lot of moms who think if their child is on the floor screaming or is constantly rude or is uh, seemingly always upset with their siblings that... Um, all right, this this child is fast-tracking it to a prison life. But, Danny, Dr. Meeker says maybe moms don't have to worry so much about that just because their child seems to have some trouble right now. There's a lot of refinement that we all need along the way. This is about a transformation for parents and a transformation for kids. It's uh, 
there are a lot of moments that you look back on and laugh at and reminisce on, <laughs> and you'll be able to tell your child, hey, uh, I really earned the Mother's Day thing. You know, in the grocery store, you used to yell and scream when this happened. And really, in reality, very few kids end up in real significant prison type of things. Uh, there's a lot that happens in the early years that is about refining our boundaries in between us, having opinion, having the human nature come out. And you as a parent get to enter those moments and have opportunities, invitations, mm -hmm. even into those moments with your child where you get to show your patience, you get to grow, and uh, you're invited by God into that. You've been called to be this parent for this child. And so you've got all the tools, everything you need, and uh, it's, it, sometimes it squeezes the fruits of the Spirit right out of you <laughs> in those moments. <laughs> and, uh, and it's good. Really rely on that strength in God. Encourage one another as spouses. Uh, know that you're going to be imperfect at this parenting thing. But, but pour into each other. Say, hey, I noticed when you did this well. Moms love to hear that from the dads. And dads love to hear when they do things right. That is the fuel we need for these types of moments where the kid's screaming. It energizes us and also gives us clarity that this isn't, I'm not an awful person and my child isn't going to be the most awful person in this world. I'm doing awful as a parent. We're going to have moments that are not good, but it doesn't define our entire parenthood. Mm -hmm. Well, there is hope for you wherever you are in the parenting journey, and we want to strengthen your walk as a mom in particular with Dr. Meeker's book, The Ten Habits of Happy Mothers. I hope you've been encouraged by what she's shared in these past few episodes. Um, let me encourage you to make a generous donation to Focus on the Family, whatever you can, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. And we'll send that book to you as our way of saying thanks for joining the support team and uh, just making sure you've got this for your reference or maybe to pass on or to put in your church library. Get this great resource into somebody else's hands or take advantage of it yourself. And uh, we've made it very easy. Just uh, hit the website or give us a call. And when you're on the site, look for our parenting assessment. It's free. Uh, Danny, hundreds of thousands of people have taken this. It's really designed to just give a fast kind of look at where I'm doing well and where I can grow as a parent, right? Yes, and you, you may have lots of strengths on that assessment, and your, your family needs those strengths. We also give practical tips on how to bring those strengths into your home. It's not all about weaknesses. It's about what you can bring into your home and also what God can be doing in you as you continue to grow. And it's based off of many, many years of research, just know that, mm -hmm. off of the parenting styles. And people may have heard that, that term, authoritative or authoritarian or permissive. It's based off of that research, and these are seven traits that would describe an authoritative parent. Well, we want you to uh, stop by the website and take that free parenting assessment. It really is a valuable tool. We're going to link over to that and uh, an opportunity for you to donate and get Dr. Meeker's book. All of the details are in the show notes. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks so much for listening today to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.